everyone. Thank you for listening in. We are the Hunger for Knowledge, myself, Rob Tibbins, and Will Beatty. Here today, we're going to talk about the uh, recent NFL decision. So uh, we'll just uh, start with what the NFL basically decided what they were going to do. I mean, I think, uh, you know, if you've been paying attention, uh, you know, you can see that they've pretty much made a situation where they're going to keep any protesting player uh, out of sight. Uh, put them in a place where I guess people are still going to know that they're, you know, reporters are going to say, they're going to be like, oh, well, certain so-and-so is not here and so-and-so's not here. So probably create a situation where it's going to end up as, it's going to end up continuing. Yeah, it's going to end up continuing because uh, people know that this is probably just for the, you know, the, the bottom line. It's a, it's about this is affecting business, and uh, it's not really that they seem to be, uh, I guess maybe doing this because of Trump. I don't think that that's really what's. No. I think it's you know <laughs> a lot of those owners probably have more money than Trump anyway. Probably, probably. <laughs> so, they're selling the the franchises for like two billion dollars yeah, or yeah. two tri- No, they sold the Clippers for two point two trillion dollars. I think it was. That's an insane amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's an insane amount of money. That's like some small country's GDP yeah. in a in a year. You know, so somebody throw a ball around. Yeah, that's, that's what that's for. But yeah, I mean, it's it just seems like probably what's going to happen is is that there's going to be a lot of pushback because people don't like the idea that protests are kind of like they're looked at in a way where it's like you don't really have a right to do this yeah and sports has always been a place for protest it's just you know there's there's a history of people using their sports platform to protest certain things that you know people care about Mm -hmm. Always find it interesting. I think Muhammad Ali was huge, and he used that platform a lot. And he's revered now as the greatest, one of the greatest boxers ever. But how far removed we are from that, yeah. you know? And we don't think about that, you know. We don't think about that in the sense of, you know, Muhammad Ali was he was he 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 fit that kind of. Um, it's kind of like if you overlay some of these stories with like the st- like story of Jesus, you know, you have a person who makes somebody in the status quo angry, yeah, and then they become demonized, and then they become publicly like crucified, and then only after that do the people look at the at what actually are occurred with this person say hey i don't think that that was right that they did this to this guy you know muhammad ali i think is at at one time i think he was probably one of the most recognizable people on the planet but in his in in the fact that he was hated where he came from that, that you know it's, uh, when you go back and listen to it, people say some ugly things about him in those times, 
You know, I'm still. I'm sure there's people who still can't stand him. Yeah, know. I'm sure there is too. You know, but it's it's that's the nature of protest. Somebody's not gonna like it, yeah. and it's not for people who are easily timid. <laughs> I just find it interesting that now they, they the owners had a, a year to look back and say, look at their bottom line, right, and then kind of say. We were we were trending upward, make break, making all that money, and then last year was a problem. What was the problem? Obviously, we know what they think is the problem, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's like, you know, people talk about Ka- Kaepernick as the main person, and obviously he started it, but you know he's put his money where his mouth is. He's he said, I he just had a tryout with the Seattle, and he said he I'm going to keep kneeling. And he's he holds fast to that. He stands by his principles. To me, and that's more respectable by far than it is the NFL guys. They say, "Sorry, yeah, you guys are gonna have to just go off to the side because we're losing money. We're losing money, and well, that can't happen anymore." Yeah. And it's I, I to me, it's crazy. I see a lot of people like. I, I mean, I love football, and but to say that Colin Kaepernick couldn't be on a team and be the second quarterback. He's not in the top 64 quarterbacks in the league is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And these guys just make excuses not to put him on the team. And, I mean, if you named off the 64 quarterbacks in the league, there's probably 20 of them that you'd recognize. And the other, yeah. you know, 24 you never yeah. heard of. Some of them have played, haven't played in 10, you know, 10 years. I mean, there's guys that, Derek Anderson played for the Panthers. He's a backup quarterback. He hasn't played in like he was good like ten years ago, but yeah, he's still holding a clipboard, yeah. holding a clipboard as a backup quarterback. If people forget Colin Kaepernick was in the Super Bowl like three or four years ago. It's not like we're talking about a guy that, and he's only like I think he's twenty eight, at most twenty nine. I mean that's a prime of a quarterback. You know, it's amazing to me. It's it's crazy. Um that nobody's I feel like they should just like make a rule like an official rule be like look if you protest in ways that we don't like we we're, none of us are going to pick you up because it's it's like an unwritten rule yeah. that hey just don't don't get Kaepernick like that doesn't first of all that goes uh, against you know even making money because it's like Colin Kaepernick still probably has the ability to be a franchise quarterback. So it's like, uh, oh, well, we're going to, his morals are enough for us to pass on him. Yeah. And I think really what that boils down to is, is that it's allowed to happen because the the greater population isn't paying attention still to what how this all started you know how this all started what was he trying to say um you know his protest in the beginning you know it was clear this is about police brutality and, and and racial inequalities um and still we don't these things aren't being considered. They're they're just 
it's continuing and it doesn't seem like there's really anything substantial trying to stop it from continuing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think with Kaepernick, he's well, he's become kind of like a folk hero. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he, people don't realize a lot too. He he announced he was going to donate money. He uh, started a website and started his charity, and he gave away I think it was a hundred thousand dollars every month for a year. For um, so you know he's doing things. He's not just saying it's easy to say things. Yeah. He's putting behind what he's what he, how he feels, and he's doing taking doing what he needs to do. And Eric Reed's another guy. Eric Reed was the guy on San Fran that kneeled with him a lot of times, and. He, Eric Reed this offseason was a free agent. He's another guy, only 25 years old. He was like the top five safety in the league last year. Nobody wants to take him. He's 25 years old, and he was a top safety. And he's like, he doesn't even get he doesn't even get uh, visits as a free agent. I'm just like, I, it's, it's latent. Yeah, it's just not. I, there's like, there's no way of explaining that away, but as some sort of um, punishment from someone to say hey um what you you started a horrible trend in uh and maybe it's that you know he well with both of them people are just they need to make an example they have to make an example of hey you don't do that and if you know think about what happened to Kaepernick and Reed like but that's not going to stop people because um I think that there's still going to be protests because, I mean, if the situation doesn't change, is the protest really supposed to just, uh, does the protest stop just because people are sick of seeing it? And protest doesn't really work like that. Like, it has to continue or, and it has to be visible. It has to continue to uh, um, catch the minds of people. Yeah. Um, Because... I mean that's if if you don't if you don't keep it in people's minds in this world, any thought about it can be easily replaced with something else. Yeah, and it's just like when we were talking about earlier, you know, it's like two weeks from now, nobody, you know, nobody would talk about it, and it needs to be a continual conversation. That's what happened. And and we gotta, you know, it's like uh, people are there saying talking about how it's you know harmful to the veterans and and the veterans get upset but yet not, how many of those people are going out and volunteering at their local VA and helping those veterans we got 40,000 homeless veterans in the country yeah. i don't you know put you, you know got to get out there and do something it's easy to talk <laughs> about it's easy to use it's always amazes me that we use our military our veterans to prove points but we don't we care to care about them to a point or we care about the homeless to a point to the point just to the brink where we use them to the point but we don't want to do anything no, we yeah. don't want to make a difference it's almost that you have to continue having them be a part of society in order to to play a role you know um look at homeless people you don't want to be that you know you don't want to be homeless you better go to work and yeah work for this horrible person you know what i mean like they don't it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people who want to help these people but they are very uh willing to use them um to further their gain right 
their props. Yeah, <laughs> that helps make a point. You yeah. know, it, I can prove a point with this, but I only want to prove a point. I don't want to make a difference. I don't want to make a difference. I just want to be right on social yeah. media. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to help actually help anybody. No, you know, it's not. It's not about that. It's about you know. It's about you here. It's yeah. about a. It's about me and nobody else. Yeah. And that's that kind of element. Um, it has it, it creates a harmful uh, element. You know, it's it, when you live in a place where uh, we can't even talk. Uh, we can't begin having talks about inequality because uh, it makes some people uncomfortable. Uh, when you live in a place like that, it kind of communicates to you that somehow you're wrong for challenging the inequalities of of life and mm-hmm. that 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 can never be that can never right. be people are you have to remain vigilant in continuing to create a world where the worth of people can be actually shown and i think it's amazing that um you know, these guys that are kneeling in protest are trying to create a positive change, you know, in the world. But yeah. we want to we want to silence them. Uh, you know, we had we had how many guys in the NFL that come? I mean, Greg Hardy. He was played for the Dallas Cowboys. He was, I mean, he was arrested for beating his girlfriend and all this stuff. And this was years ago. He played for Cowboys, yeah. and we didn't. Nobody's out there. Pro. Nobody's like this guy shouldn't be on the field. Yeah, you know, and that's a negative thing, right? Yeah. He's he did a negative thing. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be on the field, you know. All the all the 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 backlash. You didn't see a a, a downtrend in ratings for the NFL, no. you know. But it's it's crazy to me that we want to see we see guys that are trying to make a positive change in their communities and they're trying to shed light on what's happening. And that's where we want to protest. That's where we want to. We were. I'm not going to watch football anymore because he's protesting. This guy beat his girlfriend, had t- uh, the hundreds of guns in his house, and, or not hundreds. I'm sorry, but had guns in his house and yeah. was doing these things. And we're not gonna. We're not gonna protest that. It's it's backwards thinking to me. And I don't. Why the protest ends waits till now? I, I don't get. I mean, I. W- I, you know, and of course I bring up Greg Hardy because I know about that one because I yeah. hate the Cowboys. But yeah. you know, it's just. Yeah. But there's other guys too. I mean, Ray Rice, obviously, of course, it cost Ray Rice's job, cost him his career. Yeah. You know, but the NFL also, if that video would have never came out of Ray Rice in the elevator, yeah, he probably would have been. He probably would still be. He wouldn't be playing because he's older now. But he would have continued to play. Yeah, you he know? definitely would have continued to play. Yeah, and, and the NFL doesn't ever want to take any blame for this i mean it's amazing to me they build stadiums uh and like uh baltimore stadium was i think believe 72 percent of baltimore stadium was taxpayer money Hmm. so taxpayers did have no had no yes or no i i'm okay with giving my tax money they just gave them 72 percent of the of what it cost to build the stadium Hmm. they paid not by choice they paid and then but we think if we would have spent that seventy percent of whatever it cost on the local community, imagine the effect that could have had. 
but we don't think about that. No, you know? because that community, nobody cares about that community. Yeah. You can't put that community. <laughs> It'd be funny if, <laughs> like, on a spot, like, where, like, there was football on, like, NBC or something, like, they just, what took the spot of it was them just walking around with cameras in the inner city. Yeah. Just like, hey, look what's <laughs> going on here. Right, like, right. That'd be just as entertaining. Yeah. Like, a halftime show is, like, them walking around the city and, like. Yeah. You know, but. The the point is, I think I'm trying to make is, is that the we're still very much divided in uh, the sense uh, that as you know, uh, as a people in, in this nation, we're still not understanding that. <laughs> like I know you've seen in, in in the inner city, you know, there's a situation where. There really is like a third world situation. Absolutely. And somehow certain people have been able to root that out of their consciousness. Like they don't, they're like, that place doesn't exist. You know, it's, and then, you know, the only time that it does exist, they hear something about it on the news. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, that's all that's going on there. And it's like, no, you're missing the point. This is a, this is a place that needs, everyone to come together to save yes not not not, for, not you don't want to save the the negative elements uh, uh, of right. it but at the same time you may have to take some of those as as a part of the uh, you know you can't just take the good of it and leave all of the bad you know and in this country i think with this conversation about uh, the way that the uh, police uh, deal with 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 a lot of these types of places, um, and just with, um, I think young young black males in general, you know, I, I I've never been um, harassed by the police. I've I grew up with a police officer as my dad, so yeah. it was like. I kind of think how they think, so okay. I know kind of not how to uh, prick their curiosity. <laughs> okay. You know, so a lot of people, you know, when when I say, you know, that I'm still in support of um, this conversation, uh, a lot of people are like, well, you, you've never been oppressed by the police and things like that. And I said, but this, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the fact that, you know, just because I'm maybe, you know, an exception to a rule, that's just up to this point in my life. I don't know what the future holds. Yeah. I still have to, I'm, you know, my son is, I, um, my son is biracial, I guess, if that, yeah. that's how people want to see it. <laughs> it's a strange word. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my son will grow up as a black kid a black male and there will be certain conversations that i still feel i'll have he's two but i feel like i'm gonna have to have these conversations at some point in time with him in his life because i don't see any change actually happening yes i, I watch what's happened all over the years um when you become when when you start to see like the history of 
um, slavery and stuff in this country, you start to see how this psychological relationship between black people and people policing them, how that forms, you know, when you go back on like plantations, you have the, you know, the overseer and, you know, he's riding around in his horse, just like a cop, uh, you know, and he's there to maintain a certain element. And you, you see that psychological connection at Mm -hmm. that point in time. And I really do think that that, that that is the beginning of a relationship between people of particular mentalities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go through slavery, uh, and then you have this situation where if you try to escape, <laughs> there you know there'll be people on horses and stuff hunting you and trying to bring you back into an enslavement. Which is similar to the enslavement that happens to a person when you throw them into a cage now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, I, not to say that I'm not trying to say that uh, um, that there aren't criminals out here who do really do mean uh, people harm. But I am saying that just it, it, the system for, that we have for dealing with people like that doesn't work at all. And, no. you know it just it doesn't work it's gonna you know you create um well with the highest per capita um per capita in the world when it comes to imprisonment yeah we have the highest in the world highest in the world and i think when you look at it from the standpoint of um there being a history between people who have been given power enslaving or bringing black people in to, uh, uh, you know, to imprison, that's very much into, in, in, in the psyche of, of America. And uh, with the police, I know that all police aren't, don't think like that, don't feel like that. But our, I think the biggest problem that people have with the police is, is that the police don't ever seem to want to, and I don't want to say ever, but not enough it's that they're not going to be like, all right, well, this cop, you know, he, 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 he just did some horrible stuff. And, you know, when, when, cause cops, you know, they, they, they have their own kind of criminal element in the sense that they, yeah. you know, they say I enforce the laws, so I'm able to do things that the average person can't do. I can't just run up on a person in the street that I don't like and I saw them do something wrong and just slam them on the ground and handcuff them and take them off to a closet. You know, I can't yeah. do that. So, I don't know. It's kind of like it, they both kind of live on the fringes of the law, like the outlaw and the police. I think like, uh, we forget that originally the police were here to protect us. Right. And it's transformed. It's gone from protecting us into whatever it is now. It's, it's, it's like, you know, I don't even know. It's just, it's, it's crazy to me. Like nobody can, can honestly say protect and serve anymore. Right. Nobody can just say that anymore outrightly. It's like the politicians. They're the, the, the original meaning of the politician was to work for us, not 
work for themselves and and, and create more built interest yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it's like backwards now everything's backwards it's i i don't understand you know and and that's our mentality where we accept it and it's okay yeah you know it's it, once you once you get used to a situation for a long time um you you start to think it's normal yeah. and you know even you know when you talk about like um a slave you know how many generations cuz i i've often thought about this you know how many generations of my family were people who were enslaved and at what point in time did it become normal you know like i'm sure within the first two three generations four maybe they're like um this is wrong that we're here because they would you know they still have people teaching that but generationally it seems like you can get to certain when you get to like 10 generations deep into something you have to it's kind of like whisper down the lane it's like yeah the the entire understanding of what your family or whoever uh is trying to pass down may have been muddled so bad that you barely understand it anymore (laughs) yeah that's that's a sad reality but it's it is how civilization works well also you think about the publications back then who was getting no the people that were writing the history of back then were not the slaves yeah you know it was the people riding the horses you know so you're not gonna you know a lot of this you know i would imagine most of the history written is you know unfortunately is written in a certain way and you're not going to really know the real stories or a lot of the yeah. real stories. So history is written by the victors. Yep. And that's the conquerors. You know, they, and that's just, that's just the reality. It's, um, so, you know, for the part that we do understand about history, um, I think we, it, it serves us well to, to, to learn a lesson from that. And to try not to repeat it, and ultimately, I, you know, I think now we're in a place where people say, "Well, we're in a post-racial world," and it's people. I think people. There's some people who honestly believe that, and when I, when you look at history, you start to see that there is hardly, besides religion, there's very few things that divide people more yeah. than uh, skin color, and yeah, uh, it's. It's a, it's a, if you really think about it, it's an insane concept. Like, it's an insane thing to say, oh, this person's skin is different than mine, so somehow I'm better or they're better. Like, that, yeah. it, it's an insane thought. And that kind of insanity, I think, has been bred into the American psyche. So now we have a situation where, and this doesn't happen to all people. But there are, I think, large groups of people of varying colors who have been psychologically, uh, who've been psychologically kind of predisposed to think things about certain people. Like the young black male is, I think, America's boogeyman, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like he's this, this, and they. They get these images off TV and yeah. movies, and then they're like, oh, well, he does that. 
you know, I know that there's been so many people who looked at me. Um, I told, I remember I used to work with this guy and I used to tell him, I was like, it's amazing to me. Um, what some people think is going on in my mind, just because you, you're looking at me, you're looking at, I'm six, two, two twenty, black guy, I'm dark. So it's like, sometimes I think people think I'm having a completely different series of thoughts in my head than I'm actually have. Like I'll be thinking about <laughs> something peaceful and trying to bring love <laughs> And they're like, oh, no, he probably wants to shoot this place up. It's like, no, it's like, you know, if if that's happening, because I know that just doesn't happen with um, with with like white people like that. The black people have that same kind of psychological training, too, it, where, you know, it's even if you look like that, you you still might be alarmed by somebody who looks similar to you just because of like the psychological i don't know if i want to call it brainwashing but it's it's in a way it's it's gotten to that point brainwashing and i think it's it it, i don't know how you so how do we break that i guess and that's that's the problem that's where we have to get to like i think of my kids and like like how do how do i help them how do i break that hope they are growing up thinking that way, you know? I think I think the the thing that has to be communicated and I'm trying to uh, I'm in I'm in the process of writing some children's books. Oh, that's awesome. That kind of go into this, you know, how do you how do you teach a child to not hate in a world that teaches him to hate? That's the number one question. And w- from the racial standpoint, I think the number one thing is I think all people should have an understanding of it. Have an understanding of race because then you'll begin to see that race doesn't exist. You know, that there's only one race of people on this it's planet. Conjured up, <laughs> it's conjured up yeah. division. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only one race of people on yeah. the planet. That's, that's, but only education brings you to that understanding because otherwise... You you live in a world where you're going to see so many examples of, oh well, you know this pe- these people they do this, and these people over here, well you know they do this, and it's like when you break down those barriers and you're ready to actually build with people who don't look like you, and you're ready to be around them, um, in in situations where you may be the minority. You know, my whole life, I've been the minority in effort. Like I, so it's, it, uh, I, yeah. And I think when you have a population in the in the percentages that we have, you know, you, white people walk around there, you know, especially in Africa, yeah. you know. So it's hard for them. It's they got to have convert. You got to have some kind of conversation with people. You got to talk to people. You got to be willing to talk to people. You have to be willing to talk to people. And we, and for all people, black, white, whoever, all people have to be able to say, Hey, I'm willing to go to somebody else, somebody else's place and be around the people in their environment. 
you know, and that's that's not always easy for people. You know, people don't want to feel uncomfortable. They don't want to feel uncomfortable, and I think in my life, that's, you know, I think I have a particular perspective about this because it's like. I've been feeling somewhat uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable in effort of sometimes more so than when I'm in the inner city. You know, I'm not an anomaly in the inner city. Yeah. I'm not, I know, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have somebody's little kids just staring at me as I walk by, you know. And I understand it because it's like they're just not around yeah. Other types. Of, it's weird to them. It's it's a strange thing. Yeah. It's it's not that it's not that people want to teach that kind of stuff to their kids. I think it boils down to the fact that people they get into the cycle of life and it keeps them around particular people where you are and in a particular bubble. And in order for us to to start trying to heal it like you you have to be able to break that down and that's not easy it's not easy for people no uh, because they've been trained to see the differences in people people also have to have empathy for other people and yeah i think that's that's uh sometimes a a problem too you know yeah. you gotta you gotta be willing to look at uh, you know other areas of the population and you have to understand what's going on and want to understand what's going on and want to care about it absolutely you know and i think that's part of 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 that whole process and i think a lot of people have a hard time because in africa you know you 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 walk out your back you back your house everything's good everything you know life goes on and it's and and you don't have to worry and because you live in a and in a certain area that has, you know, certain things and, and you don't have to think about what goes on past the, the county line, yeah. you know? Effort proved to me at a pretty young age that things are still pretty much still segregated. And you, yeah. you, you find little uh, pockets of different people in a, amongst a certain population. But for, for the most part, it's, it's still pretty much just people of uh i guess uh you know the same racial type or whatever they they seem to congregate amongst people who look like them and then you like i said you might have little uh little inconsistencies with that where you're like oh well there's a a family of a black family moved in you know and it's like as long as that's going on as long as there's still being these community, like people are having whole communities of people who look just like them. And I think all groups are guilty of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all groups are guilty of we have to do for us. And usually that's because I know very much like in the black community, a lot of black people feel like uh, we have to do for us because other people uh, don't care. Other people have shown that that they're not going to support our business and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense, but at the same time, there's something that comes after that. After that, after people, uh, uh, you know, try to get, try to raise up their group. There's the big work. The big work is. How do okay now now that we've gotten past this 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 racial stuff, 
Um, no, I'm not saying that that's this time now, but once we get past that, we have to figure out how do you come together as a planet of people in order to make the world the place that we would like it to be. Um, and that can't happen if we're not willing to be around each other and have real conversations about things. You know, I don't know everything about, um, some other person you know like i don't i don't pretend to know everything about other types of people and that's why as time's gone on i've realized that if i don't understand something about a you know a person a person's culture or something it's 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 a lot easier to ask because you know it may seem uncomfortable to ask but at the same time how else have you ever ridded yourself of any ignorance but by asking a question and right now we're afraid to ask questions because this kind of you know even this is still a sort of an inflammatory uh, uh, conversation mm-hmm. well, I think at uh, some of this is engineered in a way like you know they want they in a way it's you know it's a lot easier to control a mass of people by putting those those walls up Mm -hmm. you know and and creating that you know and creating the tension and you know it's like when you see the videos pop up every once in a while of the priest police brutality why is it only every once in a while why is it why are we not talking about it more why are we not you know it's it's it seems like it just the media puts it out there mm-hmm. when they want to use it to their advantage as opposed to actually caring, you know, and wanting to make change. And, uh, and it just divides us more and then puts up walls more. I think that that's, you know, that's, the, that's, that's what a journalist is, is. I think that that's part of what a journalist's task is, is to not just report on something, but to report on something with the intention of changing it, if uh, if it's something that needs to be changed, and you know, I don't think we live in times where you know the whole idea of twenty four hour news, yeah, it kind of does away with that concept because now you're saying, look, we're gonna just keep feeding this on a loop about something that happened that really doesn't have anything to do with you. But we're gonna give, we're gonna make you, we're gonna politicize it, and to politicize something, um, I guess like on like on, on a deeper level, really what it is 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 you're gonna make somebody get on a side. It's a poll. It's politics. It's yeah. The, you know the the poll. So we're gonna put one. We're gonna put some of you on one side of this, and then we're gonna put some of you on this other side of this, and now let alone all your other differences. Now you have one more difference. One more one more reason to not come together mm-hmm. with somebody. And that's you know that you know it does seem sort of like sinister. <laughs> yeah, right. I I I think that's I, I mean, you know, I'm quite the conspiracy deal, but I I I truly believe that that is one of their biggest weapons of control is 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 creating creating 
atmosphere where we're against each other. Imagine what we could accomplish if we are all together. And that's the greatest fear. Holding people accountable, holding politicians accountable together, yeah. as opposed to too busy arguing with each other about who's right or wrong. You imagine just it's the to me it's one of the greatest weapons between like you said religion's another one of a form of control, and it's it's what they implement whenever they feel like. Yeah, race is a <coughs> is a thing that hasn't always been talked about um, in terms of that there's really a difference. Like there was a time in the world where people more or less talked about your nationality, like where you were from, as opposed to how you appeared. Mm-hmm. So. I think with race, it's a, it's a situation that we're not easily, like, we don't get taught about it in school. We, we gloss over it in things like science classes and social studies classes. Like, we gloss over it. But I think that, you know, when you have such an, uh, such an, such a need for an education about, well, why do people look the way that they do? You know, when you have, you know, because that that gets it, that gets to people. I imagine that it actually, um, it must work on the psyche of uh, of white people tremendously, because it's like if you don't, if if you value your skin, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about different people, different types of people, just valuing their skin more so than other people's types mm-hmm. of skin. So when you get to that, when you get to valuing your skin, um, and then you don't even have a reasoning for why you value it, like it's just like now you have to bring in these superstitious ideas about why yeah. you're special and yeah, why you gotta justify it. Yeah, you have to be like, oh, you know, well, and and, and you know definitely when you have a situation where you have all these like darker skinned peoples and and then like you know you people are trying to figure out well why well, why are we pale i think really what it is is like um we we've we've been segregated due to nature at mm. some point in time at some point in time right, we went right, different right. places in the world in the history looking yeah. back yeah People experience glaciation periods. Yes. People, phys- they changed uh, phenotypically and, you know, became more accustomed to their uh, environment. environment. Yeah. Which is amazing that a, a thing can even do that. That you can, oh, just right. over time, like a giraffe or something. Like, you know, that I remember when they hearing that, you know, giraffes at one point in time. Uh, were more like look more like horses yeah and then over time they like needed to get to like the higher trees so then a gener a mo- like a multi-general generational transformation began to happen to the point where one day they had finally figured out some some 25 generations yeah, they, later they created finally there was this thing that was Longer had a long enough neck. Imagine to the first one. Stuff. He was probably the first like, one was just looking up. And he's mad. He's like, oh, man, I need to get up there. And then like he, he get he got he had a son. Yeah, the son's thinking similar things. About halfway, he was like, oh, I think yeah. I'm getting there. This is two hundred years late, two thousand yeah. years later. I think I'm getting there. Finally, one day, 
And then that giraffe didn't even appreciate it because he was like, oh, you know, I, I was built like this. <laughs> I was reading there was like, a, I don't know if it was a shrimp or a mollusk or something. They, I forget what happened to the males, but they, uh, they would, they needed the males to breed, uh-huh. but they evolved to the point where they no longer needed the males anymore. I forget what happened to the males, and they were just having, you know, babies without, ha- you know, without needing the male. Yeah, and all of a sudden, the male like was a, like, yeah, how does it, yeah, how does it evolve to that? It's yeah. crazy to me. But people, in the way that we've done it. I think it's just as amazing that, you know, you got into a situation where it was like, ah, oh, I think I think I'm gonna need some darker skin, it's pretty hot here, you know, like yeah. you know, and then somebody went, you know, somewhere else and was like, you know, like the sand is getting in my eyes, you know. And then over time, it's just like, all right, well, we, uh, the body is just like, all right, you know, I think yeah. we can figure out something for this. So, uh, like it, you have a thought and sometimes it turns into Right, a real thing. A real thing like, after it, over time. Yeah, and, and you know that's why it's the, the the human brain is you know that's a that's a powerful thing right there. That thing can create entire situations. You know, so like I said, we we we've been segregated kind of by nature. You know, and a lot of people have kind of preached over the years people of all different types of, of people have have kind of preached like nature did this to us to separate us we should stay amongst people who are like us um hmm. and then over time you know the, depending on where you are you know you you'll hear that um from uh, you know a lot of different types of people so i think really that it's that that's in the back of people's minds. It's still kind of uh, keep you know keeping people apart. You know, not, I don't look at my son or my daughter like um, uh, like they're biracial. I just look at them as like humans who who have parents that have lineages um, that come from different places you know what i mean so it's yeah but th- that's not how we look at that in this world yeah we, you know we're, ta- we're we're taught to look at it like um there's a fundamental huge difference between these people and it, that's just not true we all come we all have the same ancestors right they, they won't at put- the beginning there was one there yeah, had to there was there had to be like and and I guess really there had to be like two. There had to well, be, there had to be two. There yeah, had to yeah. Find, you know, there, there had to be two that could give rise to yeah to, to the modern human, and you know that even gets into a place where you start to say okay. In a weird way, we're all brothers and sisters in a strange we're way. All, but it, even in a different way. It it gets you into a trial. You say, okay, well, we, when you go back, you have to come to the realization that we all have the same ancestors. And then, if you go back even more, you start to realize that you and all of these animals and things probably came from a similar situation. Yeah. So, really, it gets to the point of how... The question I ask myself every day is, how much of this, how much of the uh, of the stuff that I experience, how much of it can I bring into myself? How much how much can I find 
connection with. You know, on a day where I can find connection with the trees, that's a good day. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a different day than me, you know, just moping around and and feeling like the that the world is is a is a horrible place and mm-hmm. things like that you know it's it's all, it, it's about truth it's about but you have to be educated enough to understand that the reasoning for why you know there's a connection between things and with people that shows just how little we understand our connection to things if you're willing to say that people are not connected because they have different skin colors then you definitely can't see the bigger picture that everything i think in existence is connected <laughs> I, well i think but that's kind of where religion too comes into that because it has a big effect on that because of of the people's mindset over the years and yeah. and how things were written down and how they believe in things and how they were taught you know, the Bible has a lot, I think, to do with why people, you know, I think it's 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 kind of hard to separate race from enslavement. And that's why, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm just saying, like, in the Bible, you know, they never once said it's a bad thing that uh, to enslave a person. Yeah. Out of all the <laughs> infinite knowledge that was <laughs> could be communicated. Nobody had sense enough to say uh, it's not cool to enslave a person. You know, they gave rules for enslaving people. And then the way that those those kinds of things, it's funny because I was just on the way over here thinking about how certain words and things written down like thousands of years ago still have effect today. To me, that's actually what spirituality is. It's about what motivates people. What you know, it's like helping them continue their thought process, continue that. Yeah, you know, it's just pushing it forward and and somebody into the future. Wrote, yeah, somebody wrote something years and years ago that is affecting a person right now. Yeah, you know, so it's when you have a situation, uh, you know, like the Bible, you have a situation where, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the people who enslaved people in this country and in, you know, the other countries in the transatlantic slave trade, they thought that they weren't doing anything wrong. Right. They were like, Hey, you know, they, they were slaves back then. They had rules for it and stuff. Well, you know, this is, this is my justification. This is, you know, um, you know, and that's, that's, it's an unfortunate thing. It's kind of mind-boggling. It's it is it's 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 pretty wild to think that something like that could be seen as a justification for treating a person completely differently than how you would want to be treated. And and the fact that that's how long ago, but you look at I think it's Libya and they're in Libya, they're they are selling people into slavery. I believe that. Yeah. And uh and it's going on at in 2018 yeah slavery is a thing that it has you know the world um, the world as it is will never rid itself of enslavement because it it needs it needs enslavement on various levels you know uh, looking at uh when you look at the history of the american slaves i think that that prepared me to understand the situation now 
to understand how do you um how do you enslave a person's will how do you use their will for your needs that's what i feel like uh you know i feel like the people who got the most money from slavery realized hey this is too <laughs> This is too good of a thing to just keep with this certain population. We should just do this to everybody. And, and it comes, like, becomes monetary. It's yeah. it's a debt enslavement. You know, it's yeah, they you, say, hey, you, we'll give them a little bit of this money. Yeah, it'll never be anything close to what we're making, but we'll give them a little bit of money. We'll let them get cars and houses, yep. and then and little trinkets and all kinds of stuff, and then these people won't look in the mirror every morning and say, hey, I'm a slave because I have stuff. I and have now a, you got got this go, new truck. <laughs> you got to go take that job that you don't, you you yeah. know, you hate waking up in the morning, you, you, you know. It's the trade. It's the trade of, um, well, do you, you know, do you want to hate your life? And will, will you trade a love for your life for monetary security? And I think that that's, you know, that's the game here. The game is uh, keep keep I, making people act against their own best interest. <laughs> yeah. Instead of having a balance, it's, and, and that's another thing that you grow up hearing that, you know, if you don't work and like a certain amount of time or, or certain, you know, this is, this is a bad thing or, or, you know. If you don't have a uh, college education, right? Yeah. You're never going to get a good job. Like these are all like kind of like myths to me that like we grew up with that are kind of crazy now because then you create college debt problem. Yeah. You know, you create all these things that they can, people can take advantage of because of that mindset. Yeah. That's and And the thing about it is that, um, I feel like, you know, even things like that, things like joblessness and things like that, they're, those are seen as things to still um, further separate us. Yeah. To say, hey, look at that dude over there. He won't have a job. He's worthless. That so so really you have to replace somebody's value system. Now it no longer matters that this is this is another living being. Now his life is devalued because he doesn't have a job. Like, well, we to put, some people they'd be like, that makes perfect sense. I'm like, no, it doesn't because that's the, before, if there was no money in the world tomorrow, he would have the same worth as you, or you would at least want yeah. to make that case. Well, no, it's money didn't matter. Who would be the most, who would be more, who would be the most important person in the community? First off would be the farmer, right? Yeah. Because he needs to feed the people. Yeah. You know? So ne who's next? You know, the next is the guys working in the community, right? Because they're important keeping the peace, you know? And that, so it's when you put a monetary value, that's what I hate about things. We put a monetary value on everything. Put a monetary value on our kids in school. Put a monetary value on... The monetary value we put on kids in general is ridiculous, and it's so backwards. When you look at the amount of money that is funneled into the school system, but when you look at the amount of money that's funneled into the suburb school system as opposed to the, the inner city school system, it's so misproportioned. And we do that by 
creating these PSSA tests because yeah. it's just per- perpetuates the the system and and because one one place one area is getting better grades they get more money yeah. no you take them out you, you say this is how much money we're putting into the school system there's you know 200,000 schools in in the country each school gets an equal value who cares yeah it it goes back to the concept of what is worthy yeah these kid this these sub these suburban kids who um who are living lives that are closer to what we want to continue they have the the preference that we we you know put 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 the attention on them because those are going to be the people to perpetuate this society into the future as opposed to these children in the inner city who live in hell and we don't really want them to bring their hell to where we are imagine (laughs) think about the people you know in effort imagine if you said to them hey listen your kids gotta go to school but we got no heat today and it's and it's 30 degrees outside and it's gonna be like 35 in school but i gotta go in and learn yeah they got they can only happen to children who you've devalued that's the only way that that happened in Baltimore. Yeah. That that people were like, okay, the fact that grown people, the fact that grown people couldn't come together to figure a situation like this out is pretty damning of just the entire way things have done. The fact that adults were like, hey, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty cold. But you're just gonna have to get this. Is, gotta this bring like, your jacket. You gotta bring you your winter have, jacket. Do you know how much distrust they created in that situation? Like the now, no nobody can be sitting in that situation as a child and thinking that somebody cares about. Absolutely. Them. There's no way because the everything in the world tells them that that's not actually what's going on here. That they're actually a part of a less valued class of people. Absolutely. And as long as that's going on, as long as things like that is going on, um, these kinds of protests and things, yeah. they'll always happen over time. I mean, when you look back to things like, um, um, what's that, Tommy Smith in, back in uh, the Olympics, uh, when he uh, had the black power hand up, um, was that Tommy Smith? Was that, that, I, I think wasn't that? Uh, I was thinking the guy that ran the hurdles. Didn't he run the hurdles? Uh, that was Car- Carlos. Um, was the other one? There was two of them actually. Okay. I think Tommy Smith. Okay. Uh, it's funny. My um, my uncle. He was actually in that. He was actually in that Olympics. Really? Yeah. I guess he he was at the he was at the hotel. I guess when that happened. Huh. Um. Well, yeah, he he knew like he knew them, um, and uh, you know when you look back at that, you could say, in hindsight, you can look back and say, and, and be like, well, what, why was he doing that? Why 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 did he feel the need to do that on, not just the national stage but the international stage? Why did he do that? And that was because you know we had that was a time of you know. Um, people were looking for civil rights, but the truth of the matter is, is that that was just <clears throat> that time 
that the that whole sixties era where where it was turbulent and people look back at that time as you know uh one of the most important times for civil rights and things you know that came out of so much more before it so while that time is the time that's kind of like uh, uh people look at that time and say well that that's when it was really going on there was so much going on before it and after it and into the present we're still encountering um our attempts to try to figure out this problem of why have dark darker people seem to be uh less valued in this society that's the that's the problem that will create that's the that's the head of the dragon that's that's the that's the problem that will create all other problems that whether it be with the police or with education or with uh um crime and, and murder rates and things yeah. like that what is going on with the psyche of America that's what nobody i think is still it's <laughs> Nobody still wants to look into into I mean, how do you change the mentality of people? It, it's it's like uh, every time, unfortunately, we have a shooting at a school, and they talk about all the kids that pat you know unfortunately die. Well, in Chicago and and Washington D.C., all this stuff is going on. There's somebody dying every day. People die all the time. Every day from gun violence and. How is it that they're not more? They're not just as important as the people that die in these schools. And unfortunately, any kid that dies, it's horrible. But there's, I mean, people dying. It's it's more than one one a person a day on average that dies in Chicago from from gun violence. Mm -hmm. And but we don't talk about that. We talk we we focus on the other things. And Washington D.C., the place where the people that are in charge are making law, making right down, the street. right down the street. They in 2017 had the highest murder rate in, in, in the, in the country. It, I mean, that, it, that, that, ever, that's almost kind of like, <laughs> that's like a conspiracy theorist, like dream evidence right there that there's a situation going on here that looks like one thing and is actually something else underneath it yeah um the way that i i you know i was i was writing a little you know there was a time when i was writing a book uh, just about um it was just about my observations of things and Mm -hmm. and uh there was a chapter i was writing about how america to me seems like uh, a mansion it's like there's this huge mansion and full of all this opulent, like shiny stuff, you know. And there's a lot of people working to maintain the mansion, but there's like this one room where people aren't nobody, like people don't aren't giving keys to it, and it's like the filthiest, nastiest place that a person could ever like. Just it looks like it looks like a bombed out crack house in this room and nobody wants to admit that that room exists yeah and then some people are like hey the room exists right and some people are like no the room doesn't exist yeah but that room is 
no, you know, no matter how, uh, it's almost kind of like that room would devalue the entire mansion because it's like, well, you get, you got this kind of stuff going on. This, this, this thing is a radioactive (laughs) hotspot. You know, everybody who's in this mansion is getting like (laughs) radiated and, you know, with, with, you know, with disease, you know. Yeah. And, you know, there's still, for for many people, I think on the right and in the far right, they they seem to be people who just don't want to, like, uh, they don't want to admit that that room exists. Yeah. You know, they would say, it's a, well, they, you know, it's, that's just the, the way that it goes. It's like, we have to deal with those things. That's, it's just kind of how in our personal lives, you know, we we go through so much trauma as people and never really deal with it. We don't, <laughs> we, we're not asked to deal with it. We're asked to put our heads down and to continue on being your, your function, be your role, be, be the worker. Uh, yeah. be, that's, that's your main, your, a person's main identity is, you know, the, the, the worker. I'm not saying that's how it is for everyone, but if you think about that, you know, how many other things are you putting as a role? Uh, you know, how many things are you putting behind that? You know, as a father, as a as a family member, as a person who uh, well, well, we you know. we we almost assess people's worth by how much money they have. They, and that—that's the that's, grand delusion. That's the problem. That's the delusion. The delusion is, is that people think that you can put a monetary amount yes. on the worth of a human being or anything else. Yes. Because now it's you know when you go outside, it, it become when you go outside of humanity, it becomes well. How does this impact the animals? And how does this impact the lands? And um, you know, uh, we're funny. We we like to act like the plant life in the world isn't life we just act like it's you know it's it's there you know get it out of the way it's like no this stuff makes sure you breathe right what do you mean like so we the that that's the problem with enslavement it's once you enslave one thing it becomes advantageous to uh enslave anything possible to the point where you do that on, you know, you scale it, to me, it up and do it to everything. It's almost like the craziest master plan ever, right? You create this idea and and have people growing up thinking this way. And then you have the ultimate thing at the top, the money. Yeah. And you use it as a form of control. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, it's almost – it's this plan that comes together and it's, it's kind of crazy. And – you see it and the fact that that and you build on people's greed yeah you know absolutely and and you make that the most important thing you absolutely do that and that's the the reality of it is is that greed is one of those things it's like a disease like it yeah. it like you can there there can be a time in your life where you're not motivated by greed and then who knows maybe your friend comes over and he has <laughs> this new crazy car and things like that. And all of a sudden your, your thoughts start 
I gotta like get on that level and stuff. And then that becomes, like I said, that's spirituality to me. That's motivation. Mm-hmm. That you know, any ways that a person uh, is is motivated to me is that's a spiritual concept because now if you money certainly is a spiritual concept. Like it's it's uh, it's saying okay, if I have a lot of money. What you can imply about me is that I've given so much time and energy to the pursuit of making lots of money that that's really what I worship. That's really, you know, uh, you know, that's really what I'm about. I'm about making money. And there's a lot of people who have no qualms about saying that, you know, that this is their number one function. I'm trying to make as much money as possible, and I'm I get it in this world. Like I'm not trying to say that I that, that you're stupid or anything, but I'm trying to say that. I also think that a lot of those people end up being. I know a lot of I not a lot of those people. I know a couple of those people, and a lot of times, most of them are unmarried with no children, yeah. and that's their life. Like that's what they do, you know. And so, in some ways, they're fulfilled, but in a lot of ways, they're empty. Yeah, you know. It's you know it's it's it can be uh, I think uh, very uh, intriguing to think that you won't have any kind of monetary hangups in your life, and there's people who <coughs> who spend uh, a lot of time and energy in trying to make sure that that happens, but what people forget is that. All it takes is for a moment in a day for everything to change in your life. Absolutely. So no matter if I don't have a lot, if I don't have a lot of money or if I do have a lot of money, there still has to be a core to my life that exists outside of that, 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 uh, paradigm that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't. I'm not a person who feels like I, I don't think money is going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but at the same time, I also understand that because of that, this false assumption that someone with no money means less yeah. is going to continue. Yeah. And, it's, and it's unnecessary. Yeah. That's kind of, you know. Uh, the cryptocurrency stuff is like almost a way for us all to get a chance to be in at the ground level, mm-hmm. right? You know, the the other economy that is like the stock market and big big companies and stuff. That's the next st- thing. Yeah. That that's we have no opportunity to get in there. For us to get into the stock market, we need like twenty five thousand dollars and a and a license. Yeah. You know how many people got twenty five grand laying around and yeah. and can go work for a company and have a license to do so? Worthy people, that's the people right. who do it. The right. ones who are worth something. They, they look at what they've done with their life. Right. They they work seventy you know hours a week and they didn't care about their mom's birthday and they didn't. You know what I mean? Like they didn't. They. Yeah. They, they, they it's, got it. They, they. That's the American Jeff Bezos, the guy from Amazon. They say all he does is work. He, that's great. He's you know one of the most successful people in the world, but at what cost? Yeah, I mean, a good. I, I get it. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to talk badly about people yeah. who are driven or anything like no, that. No, no. 
But at the same time, um, it does seem easy in this world to become unbalanced. And uh, I've I, I I know more so than anybody that you know I've been unbalanced in the other direction. So it's like, um, it. it you can become unbalanced, but the good part about it is, is that if you can realize that you're unbalanced, you can start to make strides to become more balanced. Yeah. And and a lot of the people who I've known who seem to just seriously only care about how much money they have, that usually, in my opinion, comes with some sort of addiction and things of that nature. I think you. I think in order to be the the optimal um, worker or something, you probably are a medicated person, you know, because you, you, they're introducing you to a situation that isn't natural in any way. They're just saying, so, so hey, yeah, you might need some of those speeders for you, you know, so yeah. you can stay up and yeah. get through <laughs> get through the ridiculous amount of work that you just did. Well, some people that is their addiction is work. Yeah, that you is know, another thing. Yeah. And whether it's healthy or not is is whatever. But they they are. I mean, the workaholic thing is is very true. Absolutely. You know, so it's and some people have a hard time even even thinking in different in a different way. I mean, they even when they're not working, they're thinking about work. You know. Yeah. And I just so it's it's kind of crazy. You know, I I've never seen this. Uh... I've never seen it really matter so much that how much money you have. Like, I remember, you know, my aunt, she passed maybe uh, a couple years ago. And uh, I remember just realizing, like, nobody stood up there and said, well, you know, she had saved this and this amount of money by the time she was 20 and things. And eventually she had this amount of money in her bank account when she passed. Like, nobody said anything like that. So, at the end of the day, <clears throat> people are going to remember you for things that don't really have probably much anything to do with money. Yeah. And not to say that, you know, that um, I understand that getting it can provide um, certain comforts and safeties, but... At the same time, I'm I'm trying, my aims have always been to affect change on a level outside of myself, not just the, something that affects me and those uh, around me, you know, but, I, but more or less a change that can help um, the bigger situation. Um, I think a lot of people might think that you're, you, you know, who do you think you are? You know, you, you know, you, you know, like you're pigheaded or something for believing that you might have the ability to affect change in the world. But if that's the case, if that's the case, then there is, you know, like we said earlier, then nobody will ever understand the fact that it's us, the people who are here and living, yeah. that have to be the people to 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 form the world in the ways that we would like to see it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's perspective. It's, uh, for me, it's, it's, if your value of, of spending time with your family or, or that's your 
that's your perspective, then you it's your your success in life, or your or like what you're saying, you want to make difference. That's the perspective you take, you know. And some people have perspective of if you earn a certain amount, you're you're successful. But not that's not everybody's perspective. No. And the fact that we live under live with the idea that money is success is kind is a lot of times how we get to the place where we are now, where yeah. where we we find problems and and you know and put put this put put that idea on people where there's you know maybe somebody's very successful in a different way and it's okay it doesn't matter as long as you're successful in some way to to me success is about not hating your life because no matter who i've seen no matter how much money they've had if if you aren't enjoying your life for all you know the only life that you'll ever have then what did you do with life? Like, what did you do? Like, I mean, some people say, well, I, I dedicated it to my family and things like that. And I, I, I get that. But at the same time, you only have so much time to do the things that you really mean to do. As opposed to the things that people convince you that you need to do. You know, people have... I remember there was a time in my life where I became really understanding of the fact that there was a lot of different people in my life who uh, had their own picture of what I was and what I could be. So like, well, you, you know, you should do this. You can be that. I'm not saying that they always were bad ideas, but um, I, I also received animosity from people who did who who couldn't understand why I didn't want to be the thing that they thought I should be. You know, I, I don't think that it's, you know, I'm glad that I learned that from them because it let me understand that one day my children might come to me and say, dad, uh, I want to be something that is completely kind of outside of your ability to understand. And from learning that personally, I hope what I learned is, you know, in that situation to be able to say, hey, I may not completely understand it, but if it's something that you feel like you need to do in your life, that's what you need to do. You know, you need to do that thing because all the rest of this stuff, you know, it it, it could all it takes one moment. You well, know, I mean, be done. look at the jobs. And the jobs that pay the most in the right, do we pay a social worker a lot of money? No. 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 Do we pay teachers? teachers and... Most teachers don't make that much unless you're. Don't even, you know, at least don't really make yeah. that much. Like unless you're a state trooper, state troopers make reasonable. But yeah, if you're otherwise, you don't make that much. Uh, I mean, look at the the really the military. Probably the military for what they do. You know, they get a, they get to retire if they stay in, but. You know, they are risking their life. (laughs) So, you know. I always wonder, like, I remember my dad telling me the story about how he became a police officer. And he was talking about how um, he, I think he said that he was, he had been trying, uh, trying to become like a security somewhere. And he knew a guy. I get who was going to take the test, the state police test. 
and he, I guess, had gone before, and I guess, I don't know if he failed it or something, but for whatever reason, he, he didn't do it, so the guy convinced him to go and do it again, and that was how he ended up uh, being a state police officer, and it makes me wonder, like, how, you know, I'm sure that there's people who coming from all different kinds of walks of life, all different kinds of experiences becoming police officers. It seems to me that there needs to be, it, it can't just be, um, well, he wanted to be a police officer and he, uh, he, he passed the tests and all this stuff. It has to be something different because now we're starting to see cases of like I remember that that case with that guy in Las Vegas. Uh, oh wait, not Las. I don't know if that was Vegas. Where was that at? Where the cop? You do you see where a cop? Um, he told he, he, he. I guess the guy that somebody had called and said that he was pointing a gun out the window. Actually, he was like an exterminator, and that was like <laughs> his gun. Like it wasn't even really a gun. It, it was, was just like, like a spray, it, something yeah, you spray with. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the, they released the body cam footage, and like he told the dude, uh, you know, get on the ground and crawl here and stuff like that. And then the dude, his 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 pants slipped, and he went to go pull him up, and the the cop just fired on him, just all kinds of. Times. I didn't see that one now. No, I mean, I was, and just, when you listen to this man, the way he's talking to this dude, like, he's, he's clearly not trying to assess the situation. He's, he's, he's already decided what was going on in yeah. that situation. So, he was expecting it's premeditated. And this guy was, this guy was just like, please don't shoot me. Like, he's just like, I don't, like. Did the guy die? Gun. Yeah, man. He just killed him right there. Just killed him and didn't... I mean, they don't show his face because he, he's got the body cam on. But yeah. I I heard after it happened, I think he like radioed back, let him know something happened. But I heard... I didn't, I didn't hear any remorse in his tone. It's just like... Uh, and then online... Why... Look, Reading comments online is like dangerous. It's yeah, dangerous it's not thing. good. <laughs> it's a dangerous thing because then the people are like, oh, idiot, should should have had better pants on. Had your pants shouldn't have slipped and stuff. Shouldn't should have listened to. He they said he didn't comply when a police officer told him to get on his knees and crawl to him, and he was in the process of doing it. And then they're like, he didn't comply. He, he, did, he did that with his hands. It's like. You, if the people, all right, police officers are the closest thing to, like, superheroes that exist. It's like, if you're going to have that type of power and, um, you know, you, if you're going to be that powerful. Yeah. You, the people who are these people need to have extensive Psychological should be the cream of the crop. Should be like, you, <coughs> yeah. You you can't. You shouldn't just be some dude who's really like, all right. He he passed the test and stuff. 
But really, he's waiting for this moment to just blow somebody away. Well, I'll, and it, his yeah. his badge will give him an excuse. That's just uh, that's that's. I often man, thought like uh, policemen should be like one requirement is they grew up in that community they want to police. That's the absolute. I think if there's one thing that they can change, yeah, like without having to do a whole bunch of work because I know that they don't like really working on it. Right, so, right. Make sure that the people who police these places are familiar with these places and have a general understanding of where they're at because that's i think a lot of time like if some dude from the suburbs pulls up in a side of town where he doesn't understand the other underlying situations going on there and stuff of course he's going to be scared because he's going to go he's going into a situation that is probably to him just as scary as war like if I had to rewrite how the cops were chosen or what they needed to do, I would make it that they work four days a week and the fifth day they work, but they're doing work in the community. So now they're building relationships with the community and they come from the community would be the other thing. Yeah. So between those two things, I think that would be a big great thing because now they're building relationships with the people that are in the community, which would help them, yeah. you know, and they would be more productive with, with working with the people working, you know, understanding what's going on. And we don't have to have, you know, people getting shot. We can make phone calls. We can talk to people. We can say what's going on. Why is this happening? Yeah. As opposed to get out of the car and shoot somebody because yeah. that's the first thing that we think about doing. And I, I, and part of the pro, to me too is when we create all these stories of people getting shot and people, you know, the media twisting it into whatever they want to twist it in. It puts everybody on edge. Yeah, you know, puts the people that are getting pulled over on edge because now they're worried that yeah. they're going to get shot. So they may do something that they typically wouldn't have done. Yeah. you know. Because they're nervous, puts the cops on 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 edge. on edge because now they're worried they're going to get accused, whether they're good or bad, mm-hmm. you know. So it puts everybody on edge. So it creates it creates an environment where something bad is going to happen that may not have happened, you know. Yeah. And so it's I it's the idea of taking somebody that lives in Ephrata and. Making them a Baltimore cop is just madness to me. Yeah. They don't know anybody in Baltimore. They don't understand how the community works. They don't. They don't know. There's leaders in the community, right? That are outlets to the community that that they could work with, and they, that's just that's just strange to me. Yeah, it's to me. Uh, <coughs> I noticed that that was um, one of the biggest things that uh, that the Black Panthers talked about. They they were against what they considered an invasion of their communities because you have this occupying force coming in policing without understanding what's going on here on deeper levels yeah just i just come here to arrest people i don't really know what's going on here and um what i think that that's caused (coughs) is I think that's key in the devaluing of <coughs> people. Um, 
the devaluing of people in that situation seems to have come largely from the fact that uh, you have uh, people coming from somewhere else into these communities and not like you'll see things going going you know anybody who's spent time in the inner city understands that there are things that go on that don't happen in suburbia and just because they're going on doesn't mean that they are threats like that it doesn't mean that it's you know it's a threatening situation but to someone who's not from there they can easily believe that there are threats everywhere you know that the people there have a general distrust due to history you already understand that there's an adversarial situation going on so like you said it makes everybody on edge a little bit more so it so i just don't understand how nobody ever thought hey maybe the people who come from these who are comfortable in these situations who are not in the situation just looking over their shoulder all the time and looking at this guy like a potential suspect and things let them let those people police what they understand and also let people from these situations you know if i was a police officer i would kind of you know if i had the task of respectfully policing where i come from I would look at that as a very uh, prestigious type of Absolutely. situation. But on the flip side of that, when you are introduced to a community as an occupying force, as, okay, I'm here pretty much to get the bad guys and to get out of here as quick as possible, to not really... Um, to not really integrate myself into to the community, to become a part of the community. That has to be a part of police work. If that doesn't become a part yep. of police work, all of this is really going to continue yep. because there's no other way around it. Imagine the relationships you could build if you had, <laughs> to, you had to work in the community one of your days. Yeah. You know, imagine the people you would, you would build build relationship with your job would be easier first off way easier. and it would be safer way easier safer, way safer for the community safer for you in general and and it would just be overall in i mean i would think overall just a better situation Absolutely. and it will allow everybody to live in a more peaceful peaceful way of doing it there's still going to be bad things that go on always you know but just, it's about how are these things being responded to yes. and by who. Because yeah. when you have some person responding to some kid walking in the street and, and he ends up dead, I don't think that happens with a person from that place who has to deal with that community as a part of that community. Because if you live, uh, maybe you don't even have to live there, but if you're from there and if you have ties there and things like that, you can't just go around doing stuff like that because you know that the community, the darker aspects of the community will probably come after you. 
But when you have a, this a person who's removed from the situation, yeah, this person gets to do that to the to the person. Then they get to go off into their suburban house and sleep and be like, oh, well, I'm away from that. Imagine if you worry about how your family's treated, right? Yeah. You know, your family would be respected in a certain way, Yeah. you know, and like that kind of thing. And that holds, there gives you a, a certain uh, self-responsibility of how you're doing things. <laughs> Plus, at the same, you know, I think the part that people really need to consider is there really is, and I think Hollywood has done a extensive job at exploring this area of fuzziness where there is a thin line between a police officer and a criminal. They yeah. they 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 work in similar brain spaces. They think you know, they, they, they're trying to sometimes do things, like I said, outside of the law that um I guess are are to some people would look like oh well you know um that's that's criminal um no matter who's doing it when you see people getting beat up i just saw something some girl was drunk at the beach and there's a picture oh, i saw of that this, one you saw that where the yeah. cops over yeah i didn't watch the video but i, I saw he's like video. there getting ready he's to... like here yeah. i'm like this is a criminal with a badge on about to punch a girl in the face like and it was over not i didn't I don't read even it, know it was what it was over it was like, over like something really small yeah i mean what reasoning under what reasoning would you have to punch a girl in the face like under what like i know she didn't have a gun or nothing if we didn't have badge on me you did that we go to jail yeah like if i if i saw a girl do something that i didn't like i just ran up on her and just got over top of her and punched her in the face. Yeah. There's no like there's no question about what would happen to me. But there is a question of oh is this guy just going to go on uh, uh, a leave for leave? a week and is, and then well, it's, 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 paid like, leave. Yeah, paid leave is he going to get a little slap on the wrist? Is he is he fi- is he going to And those guys get are getting crazy and then it? they get crazy pensions when they retire. Like yeah. crazy pensions. Let alone, let alone the fact that people have to remain um, questioning of police officers because police officers are not free of corruption. Anybody who knows anything about it understands that there's been large scale corruption in so many different police stations like i like look, it's, 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 i look at police departments and, and 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 think about like my workplace right so how many people at your workplace are good people that do the right thing and how many are bad people that either you know there's the in between that are just people trying to do but so now there's a workplace is the police station so how many of those are that kind of yeah, you know like it's that same it, dynamic it's of, the same thing oh i think that, that you know because you you know how it is in the workplace i was just explaining to um my mother-in-law what it was like when i was like working in a place where there was people there who felt like they were going to be doing that for the rest of their lives and the kinds of things you hear just in listening and stuff like that then you know some people you can get a feel like, man, I don't know, that dude right there, he might like 
he might maybe really kill somebody. <laughs> like, he might, that guy, he, he, I mean. Not like, put a he, gut badge and a gun that in that guy's hand. really rape somebody. Something, stuff like that. Like, you, you hear these kinds of things, yeah. and you're right. Like, if that's happening amongst just regular people in a police station, that kind of same situation is happening. And there is an, uh, 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 there's, Inf- there's an emphasis on <coughs> don't turn on him. It's a code. They, they it's a code. code. They yeah. have their code of oh, he's another cop. You don't want to be the, the rat. The, the, he's the blue, you know. Yeah. He's the, you know the blue protection shield or whatever. Yeah. It's like that is the beginnings of how like probably like criminal situations work. They're like okay. We we see somebody doing something, but we're not going we're not going to tell on him because he's one of us, and there's a brotherhood factor. It's you know. it's like one gang arresting the other it gang. Is a ga- really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, that's it's, what it is. It's a gang. It's it's do, does your gang have power? It's the only difference is one has a badge and a gun. One has a badge. <laughs> the other one, you know, all he has is um, a code uh, that that exists. And, you know, that, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get to make the rules, but the police are the, uh, are the arm, the, you know, the law enforcement arm of the people who get to make the rules, even though those people who make the rules usually seem to be kind of psychotic yeah, you know, they don't right, really right. care about the rest of what's going on. Like they still, they still let corporations do what they do. They still let, like they make rules for them. So yeah. it's like if you have, they turn it into profit. Yeah, for themselves. Yeah, if you have if you have psychotic people making rules, I mean I, maybe some do look really good. But then when you get into a situation you're like, oh, you you, yeah, you might have came out with some good ideas. But you also throw people in cages um, because there's a uh, uh, there's a plant in their pocket, right? You know what I mean, like that's like you the, know, that does you know those kinds of things just don't make any the sense. war the war on drugs is crazy. The they if you actually you can watch on the History Channel and I don't you know it's hard to say what's true on the History Channel and what's yeah, not but but it's. I can't believe some of the things they actually said on some, on the shows they they admitted to like on the war on drugs the the, the on the history channel where like yeah. they're talking about like the CIA and places bringing drugs for the cartels over here and people don't realize like there's a lot of banks like big banks that we use every day that have been busted laundering money for drug cartels yeah and they they've gotten fines never nobody's ever gone to jail no they don't go to jail they don't go to jail they're part of they they, they pay a billion dollar fine and they go about their business they have their money they set to the side yeah, cuz yeah. they know that it's coming yep. and then they're like all right and yeah. then they continue doing what they do absolutely and um but if for us little folk if we did that <laughs> we go to jail yeah and that's why you know i always uh I always say like the story about um the, the drug dealer uh, Freeway Ricky Ross um, I don't know if you've ever seen anything about that but that I've seen that one it's a very it's it's just a it's an interesting story that shows you how things that happen 
on governmental international levels can eventually affect somebody who's the furthest away from it. Like, um, in his situation, he, he, you know, he was a drug dealer and his connection was actually, I might begin this wrong, but I don't think so. But his connection was actually, uh, like, uh, he was CIA. Okay. He was at least getting money from CIA. And then that, this all got into, like, the Contra War with Oliver North and all okay. that kinds of stuff. About when, how they pretty much were funding an illegal war on drug profits. Um, some of what he did, you know... Uh, you know they, they they discovered in court and that some of what he did actually was funding it. This is just a guy, you know, just a just a dude, just a dude who was like, he was illiterate for most of his life. Like, I don't know if he learned to read until he went to jail. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was this guy wanted to be like a tennis player and stuff. And, okay, you know he, but this. You know, eventually he got into selling and he was making like, he was, he was one of those people like making a million dollars a day and he, he got really far with it. But then of course it all came crashing down. Right. That's what happens. But Oliver North, who was part of funding an illegal war, nothing ever, you know. Because you know what's he, he funny about shows, you know, talking about Oliver, you know, Oliver North just got appointed to Trump, just put him in charge of something. I forget I it was. It just came, I just, I remember seeing that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> so, like, that doesn't, that, but that makes nothing, none of that, nothing that he does anymore. I don't think surprises me because it's like, it's clear that he, you know, he is, um, some sort of, uh, he is a president for the age of reality television. I, I think he I honestly think he's the biggest distraction. Like he was put in to be a distraction. He sort of, you know, and that's a that's a very. Uh, I call him the Trojan horse because like they put him in, right? Nobody's paying attention. They put him in. We argue more. Yeah. I think we are. I think we argue about now. I'm only forty years old, but and I've only really like paid attention to politics in the last eight or nine years, but. From the times I can remember, we argued more. There was more arguments between po- different uh, candidates yeah. than these two. Like, and people get mad at each other. Yeah, they do, and they, 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 they That's because they, it's politics. It's about putting yeah. you on the side and letting you argue with somebody else. I, I think they do that intentionally. I think I, they put him in, and they, and they knew he was crazy, and like they put him in, and he. Think about the distraction he has caused. Think about all the things they're probably doing wild, in the background. Just wild stuff, like everything that you. It's kind of like a movie about like, like a president. Like it's a movie or something. Like yeah. it's like, ah, oh, then he got caught up with the porn star, and then he. Yeah, he said something. He was making fun of these people, and it's like, it like like I said, he's a president for a particular age of people who uh, who who um, see the world and really want shock. They want to be shocked. People want to see, you know, 
people have always kind of wondered what would it be like if the president just said wild stuff and right. just like just said it on social media and stuff like that and now you have that dude and he you know he has to be given you know you need a person who can uh kind of affect the people in various different ways just like how obama affected people in a particular way in his time you know he, he you know he people were like oh he's I remember how angry I was at that time because I was, you know, I was looking at the way that people, definitely like older people in the black community were looking at it. And they were like, oh man, here, here he is. Like, yeah, you know, he finally got somebody in there who's going to understand mm-hmm. my situation in life. And I was so angry for a time because I was like, he's not that. That thing that you think, you think he's like this like black messiah who's come to say, hey, uh, equality for all people. Like, no, he's not that. Like, he's not. And I was, I remember I was just, uh, I was watching that inauguration. There was this old lady, this old black lady, and she had this look in her face. Like, she was like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I was just like, they have to make, like, these people have to be groomed in certain ways. They have to yeah. be able to represent certain ideals within the nation in order to embody that uh, so that those people... It's kind of like uh, a merry-go-round, you know? They'd be like, oh, well, last time, let's give one for the black people. Now this time, let's give one to, yeah. like, the... So, Poor disenfranchised white dude who thinks that the world is after him. Like it's a pendulum. <clears throat> next one, most likely, in my opinion, just because of the way that society seems bent and stuff, it will probably be um, on the edge of let's give one for the women. Like that. That's you know. I I don't, I, I feel like that's just the way that it works. It's 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 just a let's. Let's pacify whoever is doing like the most bitching at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pacify them with this person but, who embodies what they want. And then we go on with our business and they keep right. saying they're all hyped up. And then when he leaves, we're busy, like, oh. we're busy arguing about the same stuff from a dif- different side of it it's, it's for the they, last 30 years. It's because people are children. They, 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 they know this is, this is the same thing. This is the... Politics is like a iPad that you give to children. It's just like here, just just argue over this a little bit, and then the kids uh, they argue over it. Uh, next time, next thing you know, you got what you wanted to do done. You're like, oh, it worked well, you know. And that's how they see it. They're like, oh yeah, all this stuff it works well because we're over here doing big people stuff. These people have no understanding of their reality. They don't even care. They just want to get a new car in a few years. I mean, <laughs> the war the wars haven't changed. We're still no, killing still people in the it. killing bombing people in the Middle East. That there's no difference there. They ain't talking about any of the people that are the the, the amount of people that die in the Middle East from he, like I can't even imagine. Like you go to sleep in the Middle East in some places, you wake you, you may not wake up the next day, and that's how you're going to sleep. And like that's been going on for how long? Afghanistan has been I think 2002 or 2003. We're there whenever after 9 11. 
and that's how long we've been there and that's it, it's just mind-boggling what do you do to a person <coughs> if not what what happens to to the person over there who it who who lives through the missile strike who picks up their family members body parts yeah. like what 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 do you do it like to that person like that person is first of all i can only think about what how i would respond to something like that i would be like whoever did yep. this is my mortal enemy yep. for all 100 i will teach my children yep. and their children that this Absolutely. thing right here do you know what they just did yeah they incinerated your family you know what i mean like so to me i think and and they're they're over there and they're you got to be like what is why, the, what, that's the bigger the wh- whole why I think that's the big question everywhere in the world. People are like why why do people keep popping up who claim to have the best interests of some people in mind yeah. who end up going somewhere killing a whole bunch of people and then one day it's looked at like it's a success yeah and it's like. The, I, I will never be convinced that the people of the world want that for the world. No, I, they just, I don't think they, so. They're just they're they're doing this for purposes outside of humanity, which it, is the yeah. the monetary aspect. Absolutely, and the, absolutely. And just I think just the the power aspect of that right it. right now they're trying to, you know, they have to keep a paradigm intact. They have to. That because it's becoming way too clear, I think, to all kinds of people who are becoming educated more by the internet. I think, absolutely, I think the internet was the best educational tool ever created. Absolutely, and I think now people are starting to say, like, wait, we don't really have to live like this. So now, uh, you know, we're we're in the postponing the future stage. We're, we're we're saying, hey, we know that a better world could happen, but look, we don't really want that to happen because we run this. We run this. And you're trying to, it's kind of like with, with cars and stuff, how people have known for years that there was much better ways to travel, much better ways to make cars, all kinds. But none of those things are a part of our lives and we're still running off of things that like we used in like the 1960s. Well, they, they buried the electric car. Yeah. They, you know, they, you know their they, electric car was, it was in, they have people, uh, and it's kind of scary, but a lot of, some of these people actually are murdered and they have people oh, yeah. that have, have, have copyrighted cars that have run off of water and run off of compressed air. Yeah. And, and you know, they don't need, you know, People who come, the ingenuity of the world, the, the the part of the world, I think, the part of the world that wanted to see the world get better were either, what seems to happen to these people is you get in prison yeah. or you get dead. That's what happens. Yeah. You, 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 you start messing around with the fabric of what's going on here. You, you start to find out that there's, you know. There's some it's elements. A, it's a scary thing to realize that you live in a world where actually you could have such a great idea one day that it gets you killed. Ah, it's crazy. Like that's the wildest part I think about life. Like kind of in these times, and who knows how long it's been like that. Like, yeah, I mean, G- Jesus said love people and stuff, and people killed him. So you know that's that's 
you all you find that same narrative all throughout history of people who are trying to make a better world come around with the idea someone's threatened by that idea and then they have to kill that person or they have to suppress what he's done like yeah. you know it's kind of like how i feel with um I feel like what's happening with things like um even like uh like Nikola Tesla like yeah you know here he, he's the person who has an indelible mark on the way that things have been done in this world and the way that people like I don't know people kind of treat him like he's like people don't even know about him yeah like yeah it's like if he's, you, it's if like, you he's said like that, a vampire like yeah. he's <clears throat> if you said that name to a group of 20 people probably like one or two might know who that is yeah and that's I think that the, and really what that becomes is people who are um, conspiracy minded people yes. and people who um, uh, who have actually looked into like why why is the world the way that it is and how did it get like this and you know um, I mean I didn't even know who that was until I started like conspiracy stuff and like and then you realize and you hear people talk about him and and what and what he tried to accomplish and and, you know the fact that this is a place where you can you can you can pay the ultimate price for trying to bring light to the world that's like i said this is this is what i think is at the the core of the entire conspiracy theorist mind is that we want to know why the world isn't the place that we think it should be and that kind of uh you know that it's that thought that kind of is like a splinter you know you you start one like and then you ask the question and then you start one day trying to find the answer yeah like you start like oh okay well it's pretty much not the way that we think it should be because money in this world makes is is more important to people than yep. life. That's the ultimate like that's the ultimate answer I get that there's just there's pe- people care more about wealth and the appearance of worth than they do life. Yeah. And and that's a, you know that's that's a civilizational mistake. That's not something. That's something no politics can cure. No. No politics can cure um, a broken uh, philosophy about what life is and what it's about. Like, because that that transcends politics. That 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 becomes like I said, it's a civilizational situation. Uh, Until somebody comes and says, "Hey." Um, I'm running for president and nobody in the world is going to be hungry. I don't really have anything to listen to anybody else. I don't think that's, but if you think about it, if you're, if you're the president of the United States, in my opinion, they're, they're selected, not voted. I feel like that too. Most that's usually, you know, did you ever hear George Carlin, the comedian? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, he pretty much is like, listen, they, they bring you in as president. They take you a back room. They show you a video of JFK's, JFK's assassination. They say, any questions? What are you going to do? You have a family. Yeah. You, you know, you either listen or you don't. And, you know, there's two outcomes. You have a role to play. And yeah. If you're gonna, you either play it or 
you can die and that yeah. there's enough evidence to suggest that that can really happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, that's why I, the president to me, uh, I don't have, there was such an illusion about that office when I was a younger person. Like, I was like, oh, man, it's the pre- that, I would want to be that one day maybe or something yeah. like that. Now nobody really wants to be that no. Nobody, well, because you're just like, well, for what? What am I going to do but be the custodian of some <laughs> some foul situation that I actually want to change, but I don't have the power no. or, you know what I mean? I I don't have the power to do it. And he doesn't. And no president has ever had the power to do it. Yeah. Nope. Which lets me know it. This is not about... Um, you know, why, I don't argue politics with people because, to me, um, like like you said, I, I'm I'm from the George Carlin school of all of these people are criminals, and I, and in time, I think people may know it. People may know it in like sixty to a hundred years. They'll look back at the yeah. time. They're like, oh, all these people were just criminals, and they just convinced everybody that they were running things in their favor. Right, and but. It's hard for the average person, I think, to see that they still get caught up in. The, they've been put on the pole. They've been putting in politics, and now uh, this guy embodies everything that I am and want, and I'm gonna ride with that because really, it's not really even about people's politics. It's about. I think this last case proved that it could actually be a popularity contest. It, you know, it could just be hey. Everybody knows who this dude is, and he, he all he has to do he's a, he's a great manipulator. He's one of the greatest con artists of all time. Absolutely. The the he's fact been doing that, it for years. He's been in business that doing it. People can say that right, and then have so much evidence to suggest that it's the truth that he's one of the greatest con artists ever, um, and that th- somebody actually picked that dude to be the president lets you know that. You can. Ha- There's so much varying room for people's, uh, you know, mentalities. You don't, you know, to some party they'd be insane. They'd be like, "Hey, you know that dude who's a con artist and all this stuff? Uh, would you vote for him?" Most people, you know, well, not most people. The but idea people that, be like, no. Like, how <laughs> did you get there? Like, how did we end up like like the mentality that you ended up with these two people at the end? One is just as corrupt as the other. And then you have to somehow pick between the pick between the, pick, know, pick between evil and evil. KRS one, uh, KRS one said on those. I think I was on higher level. He said, um, "Whether or not if you vote for the lesser two evils, you still vote yeah, for evil." Exactly. Exactly. Like, what do you? So, so it's just like, oh well, he 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 was pro-choice and he pro-life, yeah. and it's like. No, these pe- what you really don't understand is that these people don't really mean us any good. Like they don't, like they they don't they they're removed from you. Like you, right. they live lives that it's like very rarely have anything to do with you or anybody you know. It's like it's two countries. It's the country of the top and the country of the bo- of the middle and the bottom. It's, you know, yeah, and uh, and in reality, I think it, that it's it's the that's it's not. It's the world, like it's it's. Yeah, we are a world. We're up here. We experience these things. Now there's a world beneath that, 
and then all there's all kind there's so many different worlds beneath that to the point where you know you get to the dude who lives in um you know what was a was like a dirt floor and stuff like that and then beneath that there's the world of somebody who doesn't have like any possessions yeah so um you know here we are we are at you know we're we're in class warfare you know it's the, yeah it, it, we, the idea of class will always be, just like race and religion, one of the greatest dividers of people. Absolutely. You know, the fact that a person can look at somebody and be like, well, I don't think I should talk to him because uh, he doesn't, he clearly doesn't make enough money. Yeah. It's like, that's a, that's a, that's like a mental virus. Like, you, like I don't know, I watched this movie one time, it had DMX in it, right? And it was like, I always thought I was like kind of, it was pretty awesome, but you know he's. Which one was it? <laughs> um, I think it was the one with Steven Seagal in it. I can't remember. And uh, he was maybe, and he was like he was like a uh, he was undercover, or maybe was he undercover? I can't. No, 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 no. He was like he was a businessman. He got you know made a lot of money, and something happened to his brother. I think, and he came back came back to help or to to like exact revenge yeah. you know and he goes into the into the lamborghini place right and he goes in with uh what's that guy's name he's on he's on i think ah oh, i can't remember he's a comedian and he was in it with him it was Anthony Anderson. that's it yeah. that's it yeah and they go into the lamborghini place yeah. and the guy's like i'm like yeah. what are you doing in here he's doing? like opening the doors turning the car on revving it he's like get out of here and they just open the thing of money right yeah. and like i just like yeah, like people look at him like, Get, what are you doing in here? You shouldn't even be on. The, you should. Are you working in the detail part? Yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff. And it makes you understand, like a situation like that makes you understand that what is class? Class yeah. is. If people tend to think class has something to do with like your morality and how like you treat people, but truthfully, class is just is about do you have enough money to do yeah. X Y Z? Do you have enough money to do that? Because if so, then you're in that class of people. Because the reality of the situation is, is that that class, a higher class of people, could be filled with people who actually think like low-life criminals. You know what I mean? Like, they could they could yeah. really just still think that way. Yeah. But I have enough money, you know? Do you have enough money to, to, to do this and that? And... um. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times everybody's always there's just a very fine line, like you said, between the criminal and the non-criminal, and money can push that line a certain way, yeah. you know. And but it also at the beginning, you know, you're, you know, one guy gets in trouble for, for, uh, for doing fraud in the stock market, the other guy doesn't. Why? Yeah. He's like, you know, the Volkswagen got in trouble for. Uh, all the diesel stuff like i always said to my friend i was like listen they just pissed off the wrong politician it had nothing to do with what they did it had to do with they pissed off the wrong politician that politician got pissed off and said listen you we're gonna bring we're gonna bring down the hammer on you that's fine you know the, the little personal things that happen that uh you know really can dictate bigger things you know you never know how these things really happen and i can't help but to think that um definitely in america that 
you know, there's 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 the the inconvenient truth that um people don't want to understand and that is that this place was founded by people who were on one level very brave and uh for for their voyage and things like that but ultimately we built this on crime and as long as <laughs> As long as this is built on crime and crime is the foundation, then yep. crime will always be the determining factor of this Absolutely. place. Absolutely. And that is something that that like I was talking about with the with the mansion, that's the that's at the core of the room. That this entire thing, the entire infrastructure of this place Okay, go ahead. But like, you know, the the entire infrastructure of this place is built on a on a situation that most people are afraid to even look at. Uh, they're afraid to look at the fact that there was an act of genocide that happened followed by a brutal enslavement of people. And I think after that, people think, well, oh, well the brutality stopped. But the brutality never stopped. And for a lot of black people, <coughs> you know... Uh, we have a, a lot of history of that brutality. Brutality when people don't think that it's happening at all. Like, um, my my grandfather, he was born in, I think, 1896. And... He, your grandfather was? My grandfather. My grandfather was 60 when he had my dad. Wow. Yeah, so my dad was born in 56... He's yeah. He's born in ninety six, eighteen ninety six. Now that's I'm two generations removed from a person who was born in the decade when the most lynchings ever in this country happened. So that's two generations. People, that's all that separates. Yeah. So for people to think that. The past is so far removed and in the past. Right. This is two generations of That's kind of crazy. That's all it is. Yeah. And then, I mean, when you think about the fact that, you know, we, we, we keep thinking that these things aren't, uh, don't have any influence on the way that things happen. If that, if that can happen in only two generations of people, then this, the mentalities of those t that time... How far in the past are they actually? You know, you know. If I could see where you might be able to root something like that out in uh, who knows ten generations or something like that, but to try to root something like that out or the residual effects of that kind of thing, I think it's ever, I think it's the mentality though of like like you like we almost like we need it now now now. So we're living in the moment moment yeah. moment as opposed to we don't realize a hundred years in the history of the world is not that long ago. Yeah, I mean and that's the truth. We need we need things now now now. We're a bunch of like slave zombies. We don't yeah. we we don't uh, we don't want they don't want you to have time to reflect. Right. Because if you reflect, you'll realize that you have far less control over your life than you actually want. And then, at that point in time, you'll begin to do things to take yourself out of their ability to enslave your, your, your willpower. So, 
yeah, like you said, yeah, they they want to keep you in the now. But when you reflect on things and when you when when you value history, you start to realize like I remember like the first time I ever like saw a picture of like a lynching. And I was just like 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 really like you have like kids and people posing and doing like, like it was like it was almost like not a holiday but like a thing like they celebrated it as was, like a thing was, to do it was a thing to do the, there was times where people were um brought in they were gonna you know they'd have the lynching so they'd bring people in to like have like a picnic like they would like people would come on on trains and things uh. like I think I read something. I'm pretty sure I read something that said that like kids in certain places would get out of school early so they could get on trains to go to this thing where there's this dude hanging up and the things that were done in these places were like they would <coughs> like all right, they would in some cases now this is after they burned this body up. They you know, they so he got this charred cadaver I'm sure not all of them were burned up, but you got this mangled body, this dead person laying there, and you people are taking pictures with this thing. You know what I mean? Like they they got their kids there. Uh, what I heard somebody say, um, it's a it's a lady named uh, Joy DeGru. She's a professor. I forget exactly where. But she was saying, like, she was showing this picture, and she was like, everybody in this picture is traumatized. But they're all, like, the little girl's smiling, and the guy's looking, uh, pointing up at it, and just, you know, everybody there is traumatized, but no one is going to deal with the trauma of, 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 that, of that situation. So, um... When these things would be hanging up, they would be cutting off body parts and stuff, ears and all kinds of stuff, you know. It takes a certain something to cut off a dude's oh, penis. Yeah. And what they would do is then they'd throw it, like, out in the grass, and then, like, you know, somebody would be sitting there having a ham sandwich, talking to their wife, say, hey, uh, honey, why don't you... Uh, why don't you go grab that? That go grab that ear. We can like hang it up, put it on the mantle or something like that. You know, that's the kind of sick kind of situation. And the fact, all right, now there's no police coming to break this situation up. Well, police are probably there. The police are probably there. Yeah, nobody's coming to break no. this situation up. So that lets you know that there's a normalcy going on yeah. in this country at that time, as far back as. In my life, is two generations ago. Yeah. There's an element where this is normal, and to think that that can go away in the span of like even a hundred years. It's yeah. It just doesn't seem to it because it you take a long time to get to that point where it's that acceptable. Where it's just like, oh well, you know, this is what we do. We bring kids here. It's a celebration, like. That's that's a different warped situation. When you look into the eyes, of, have you ever seen one of them pictures? Look into the eyes of these. That's people. evil, man. It's, it's the like, eyes look evil. They look, but but the sad part is, is like, 
you can see evil or something in somebody's eyes, but you can also see like a little girl in and having extravagant fun. That's the darker part. The that dark. Is, that, that's the yes. darker part. The part that not that somebody is looking like, oh, I'm doing something wrong, or he's clearly evil or something. But the fact that some people normalized it to the point where it's like, um, this is enjoyable. And these are the people running the country. Yeah, and these and these with that same mentality. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know, like I don't know how many people, uh, you know, who ran the country. Uh, participated in stuff like that but the fact that this stuff went so long without having any like uh, legal major uh, arrest or situation something. Yeah. yeah you know the fact that that went on lets you know that when you ask the question of how did these people in baltimore get so devalued that's that kind of stuff is part of the story yeah the story is so long and so convoluted that most people in this day don't have enough uh, of a, uh, of an ability to even think about things on that time span. Like it's too it's too long and laborious. Like it's too hard to spell out because it is. While it is simple, it is complex. Like it is, it's complex in the, in a way of how did we get to this point where black people have to openly say. That our lives matter. Yeah. How do you get to a point where you had to say that to a person? Like, in a time that people say is is some of the best uh, 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 racial uh, harmony times ever. You know. It's it's a story. And that story, uh, as long as that story um, is, is, is still... Uh, relevant and still continuing you will always have people ready to protest that and in the NFL that is uh, I was I know some people were appalled at that but I was actually proud because I thought that that component of the athlete had actually died the the person who was afraid who, who, who wasn't afraid to take a stand and use their um, place in life Absolutely. as a uh, as a place uh, to to promote their I ideas. W- I mean, it, the fact that they they're willing to they got to know that that could affect their career. They absolutely, and know. they're willing to take that sacrifice and say, "I'm going to stand up for this because I think this is wrong." That is almost uh, uh, to me that's more patriotic than. You know, that's them caring about for the people and the country. That's almost more patriotic than anything. <laughs> they're willing to sacrifice. You know, listen, they're making millions of dollars, yeah. you know. They don't have to do it. They, they're, they're, sacrificed, just, they're sacrificed their yeah. body, their health, you it know. It could just be, uh, you could just say, hey, you know, let's get with the program. Yeah. But they, they, they took time out to say that because it's that important and it's, it means that much to the community that these things would, black people are sick of I think li- living in a world that um, where and maybe you know maybe it just has to do with the, the country because you know the world's a big place but living in a country where you are 
you're you're playing the role of the villain. You're playing the role of um you somehow you are out to do bad things to people or something. So many people live nothing like that and it's 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 just becoming I think too much to 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 be tried to have people trying to force you into a role that is untrue. I mean, we the you know the the people who here who uh didn't who didn't come out of or the people here who who've come out of slavery. Um it was you know, it was other people who began this situation here. And with their with 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 that slavery, I think you that shows that this place kind of always needs like this stream of like free labor, which explains why we have these times now. Like you need those kinds of things because look at you know, look. I just saw that they start they they lowered the the when you're in jail, you make a certain amount of money for your labor. It's four cents an hour now. Right. So, uh, I mean, you know. They set their 401k up. Yeah. I mean, like. Four cents an hour. Four cents an hour. I mean, I understand you're in there for, you know. But, it, so you, some poor, some 18-year-old kid gets pulled over for having, like, whatever small amount of weed in his car. And now he goes to jail. And he's, I mean, like. That kid's, there's a possibility that, that kid's going to be ruined for the rest of his life. And, you know, and then he's going to be getting paid four cents an hour and he's going to get out of jail. And then, and then he's, what kind of job is he going to get? Cause now, you know, he's, that's, he's got no shot. That's the other part about jail that I think it's just lost on a lot of people. It's like when, when you have a community of people and then jail um, is where a lot of people in that community end up. Jail breeds a certain type of person. Like, I've had all kinds of friends that have been institutionalized people. And that culture makes its way through, um, you know, just the way, just the, how things are enculturated in the people in, in jail. You know, you get, you're in jail, you get used to a certain culture. When you get out, you bring elements of that culture with you, which affect other people on the outside and create sort of a little part of that on the outside. And I've seen that happen so many times that. It's like jail first and foremost is it's just an inhumane concept. Like you to the fact that you would would rip a person for uh, away from their family for something like drugs or something. Like you don't like people don't uh, think about what that does to the the whole of a family when you yank out somebody's dad or mom. Well, I mean, the majority, the percentage of people in jail is far higher for men, and that takes yeah. a, it's a big effect on a person's family. Yeah, it's a huge effect on like you, 
they and they said, well, they shouldn't have thought about it. And it's like, well, we have to think about it. We have to understand that criminal. Nobody wants to admit to the idea that criminality is a part of this place, and that's why we probably are the most incarcerated place on the face of the planet because we were founded in criminality. We learned criminality. We worshipped criminality. We watched. We we watched The Godfather, and they they we worship criminality here. We we it's, it's a part of, you know, what we do, even on the on war crimes level. Yeah, we do stuff that are war crimes. Like, Absolutely. Oh, you see what we did? Don't yep. mess with us. Right. It's like listen. We took we took Saddam Hussein, a, a sitting president of or not president but ruler of his country. We went to a different country. Took him out of his country because we decided that he was no good, and executed him in our country. Imagine if, imagine if, if uh, Syria. Yeah. What's I can't think of his name. The guy that runs oh, Syria. Oh, if anybody. Yeah, if anybody said, "Listen, yeah, you know what, Trump? We don't like what you're doing over there. We're just no, going to no, no. take you out of your country, and we're going to bring you over here. We're just going to execute you because okay. you didn't feed, our, under our guidelines." You created crimes that were that are unacceptable. Imagine what would happen. It's like that would be like the Russians being like, "We installed Trump, so yeah, <laughs> like because we." Inst- I think that's why they felt like they could do that to Saddam is because they had a part of his installation. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, "Hey, well, you didn't work out the way we thought you should." Yeah. So that'd be like the Russians being like, "You know what, Trump?" Um, you you're not doing the job that we thought so so we're gonna bring you over here and because you did bad stuff in the world we're gonna kill you right here in the in the middle of Moscow yeah it's like <laughs> imagine that that's crazy it's an insane thing but um that's that's the insanity we live with why can they do that because they have the most power they 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 say look we can do this kind of stuff nobody else gets to do stuff no. like this yeah but we can. Like when they try to tell people they can't have nuclear weapons, I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. How many we got? How can you ever say that to a person? Like, how can they be like, "But you have like all of those, you can't have any." It's it's little kid stuff. That's what it is. It's little kid stuff. Grown people acting like children is how the world got the way that it is. I I I say America is like the bully in elementary school. But the problem is everybody else on the playground has grown and yeah. America is still trying to be the bully. Yeah. And the problem is the rest of the world's like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, we've grown up to be like CEOs of companies and intelligent people. And now we're back at like, you know, we went back for the for the uh, reunion and, and you're still the bully from the from the playground yeah. in elementary school. And it's <laughs> still just... Kicking people in the shin. Yeah, and hoping like, it works. It doesn't work. Know, it doesn't work anymore. Well, I think we we live in a time where I think we have such an uncertain future. Yeah. There's a lot of people who really believe that we're living in a time that is going to see like the end of the American su- supremacy uh, in the world. Uh, I think so too. And. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but either way, we have to learn a lesson from this. Yeah. Like, you know, you lesson number one that was learned here, or I hope people understood, uh, can start to get it at some point in time, is 
if you start something on an act of genocide, it cannot end good. It it just can't because your foundation is violent, bloodshed, yeah, and things have a way of going out the way that they came in, and that and that's what I think people really fear. People people fear war on American shores because yeah. we're, we've never seen that. But for people. And life seems much realer to people who have gone through things like that, who had to really consider, like, man, they might drop bombs tonight. Yeah. You know, to us or to them, we must look very childlike to because we, they're like, you don't understand how real it can get. And we're like, no, we're going to go to the Apple store tomorrow. Like, like. We don't, we'll go into the market. It's cool. Nothing. Ain't nothing. Nothing's going to happen. Okay. Like, we're, you know. And I think that that you know that that's that is you know when I think about my children, I, I think about they may see very wild things in their lives. Yeah, like they may. But then again, I've seen wild things in my life. You know, we all seem to. And part of the uh, of the whole problem is that we just let it go. We're it, we're, a condi- we're a conditioned creature, you know. We're yeah. conditioned to to. We're no better than Pavlov's dog. They know how to um, start and stop our impulses. So, uh, you know, they've they've connected us into something that was far too entertaining. It's far too entertain like the entire internet uh, and television and all of that. Like you know, it's it's far too entertaining to just completely turn away from. And in it, you know, it's like they the have car crash. Yeah. It's yeah. like the car crash. No, everybody wants can't turn away. Nobody can turn. Everybody's away. slowing down on the highway to see what happened. You know. Every morning when I wake up, I don't want to check the news feed, but then there's this impulse, and it's just like, yeah. Well, you find out if something crazy happens. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's like I'm addicted to it just as much as anybody else. Um, I heard a dude say what we are is we're people who are addicted to stimulation and um, that seems to be the case here (laughs) well I think what happens to people that are like uh, when it comes to stimulation people that are like thinking in a different way is like a more positive way and like doing things the stimulation's already there right you know what I mean but and so there's less of for them to like I don't know to kind of look at the news and be, you know, like impacted by it. Yeah. You know, you may look at it, but you're not impacted by it as much because you understand it and understand what's going on. I, I was listening to um, the comedian uh, Patrice O'Neill, and he had this bit about how he's like, he's like, I I want to, he said, but I just, I just don't care like i don't care when stuff gets shot up and things like that like it's like i want to but it's like there's a thing in people where we have to turn um our sensitivity off you know we have to you can't be too sensitive because the world would drive you nuts because you know if you were too too sensitive to everything you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you you know you mess with it you mess with it and now you mess with it to turn it down a little bit and in many people's cases when they mess with it they broke it they just broke it and now it's just like i don't feel anything about anything at yeah. all 
And I think that's 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 the beginnings I think of people's like drug addictions and stuff. Like you end up trying to feel something to the point where you need a, a, an extreme stimulus in order to even feel anything at all. Yeah. And that's you know that's at the end of the day that's that's that that boils everything down. When we talk about things like you know the protests and things like that what it really takes is it takes sensitivity it takes it takes the ability to see somebody else's situation and to give it some sort of credence and and some sort of uh consideration to say hey you know i know for some people some people it must be strange for people who don't live um inside of black people to completely understand the you know to what's going on um but it all it takes is compassion in order to listen to a man's story and say hey um there might be truth to that you know it uh, I, i always looked at it like if my brother came to me you know you know if if my brother came to me and he and he told me he said, "Hey, you know, somebody just like punched me in the face." You know, I would be inclined to believe him, but in this case, here, you know, as uh, being as black people trying to talk to our uh, family members of differing colors, it was you know, we were saying, "Hey, we're going through a particular situation here." And there's a lot of people who are, who want to say no, you're not, you, you're not, you, 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 this is all imagined and things mm-hmm. like that. And I'm not even here to say that it. Some of it's not imagined. I'm saying that there's a psychology that was built inside of existing as a particular role, and whether I think a lot of it is very valid and very true, but. But sometimes you do fall into craziness. Like, you know, sometimes you do fall into the, the, the craziness of somebody slighting you in a particular way and you saying, well, is that, was that person racist like right there? Like you ask the question yeah, and you never get an answer. And it's like, is it, it, it you know, is that the reason? You know, so it is, it's a mind game on both sides of the things that are real and the things that are imagined. Like it's, it's a, it's a way of life and it's not really, um, like I said, I think all people go through that to, to certain extents. We all play the roles that we play. Um, but when a person um, comes to you and, and and says, "Hey, I'm pretty sure that this is happening in my life," it takes an extreme amount of a lack of compassion in order to tell that person that they're completely like. Well, their their opinion off. doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. You're you're somehow you're not able. The part that infuriates me, I think, the most is that somebody acts like I'm not capable of. Well, you're le- cognizant of what's happening to me in my life. You're less than them. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're you're you not can't keep- think of you can't think that far, so to speak. You know, and it's like no, like I've been, you know, I've been invest, 
ever since I became cognizant of the idea that there were people in this world who cared about the color of my skin, my entire life has been an investigation of that concept in various ways, you know, because it's just like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, you, you don't even know me. Like, <laughs> how do you get to say you don't know me? Or how do you get to say you don't like me and you don't know me? Yeah. You know, I think that's at the foundation of all of it. So it's like, um, like I say, <coughs> understanding, I think, is, 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 is what's key. It's, you know, being able to find the commonality with, the, with another person. That's, that's the only way that we make things better. Yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah. So I think maybe we end there. Yeah. Uh, I so I want to thank you. Hey, thanks and, for having uh, me on. Appreciate coming it. back and doing your thing. So.